Hey everyone, it's Tuesday evening, August 22nd. Welcome back to NYU Grads Daily Podcast. Great to have you back. And um, we had a very interesting session today. Uh, I'm a little concerned because right now I feel like my eyes are seeing the markets really clearly. The levels that I'm defining or ranges that I'm defining for backtests and support and key resistance levels seem to be holding up. But typically, this also means that uh, we're close to an initiative move. What I mean by that is uh, I'm not a genius, and the levels that I've been sharing with you are probably now uh, more commonplace than not. And there is more consensus than not. And when that happens, the market's job is to fool uh, the majority. In the, in the long run, the majority cannot win in the markets. Otherwise, companies like Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, and all the other investment houses like BlackRock wouldn't be making the billions of dollars that they make. Um, but... I digress. Let's jump into it. Let's look at the numbers here today. So uh, as usual, I'm going to go into breath. Today, we had 75 new highs and 329 new lows. Now, yesterday's breath numbers were similar in that the overweight were new lows versus new highs because um as you know, if you've been listening to the blog and following me um, on Substack, uh, the breath has been very bad, right? Like for weeks now, uh, I would say even for like over a month now, you've seen Apple digress into a negative um, divergence. You're seeing more and more dependence on uh, fewer and fewer names. And right now, now that Apple has kind of broken down, um, you have uh, basically NVIDIA and Tesla holding up the financial markets. And um, in that backdrop, you have yields that are sky high. So as I've been saying, something's going to give. Either yields are going to really come down hard and bond prices are going to go up a lot, and equities are going to go up a lot, or yields are going to be very sticky and stay at that, you know, 4.3, 4.5, who knows, we might go to 5 on the 10-year. And mortgages right now, the 30-year mortgage is 7.5%. It seems like it's only a matter of weeks that we're going to get to an, eight, an 8% 30-year mortgage. And... Um, Credit card interest payments and APRs are at record highs. The total balance outstanding for consumer credit cards is also at a record high. The interest payments that are that you know our government is paying for the deficit record high, almost a trillion dollars. So something has to give. There has to be a release valve. Um, so that's kind of like what I want to summarize today. And the action today was, uh, excuse my language, was uh, 
I'm not going to curse because this is going to be on global podcast platforms. It was not good. Um, so let's jump into the complex, uh, the, the complexion of today's action. So in the pre-market, we were up decent. Like the Dow was up over 100 points. Um, the ES was very close to backtesting to the upside uh, the 444 level that broke down previously. Uh, and as soon as the opening bell uh, opened today, the ES NASDAQ sold off pretty hard first. Then the Dow followed, and then the Russell followed after that. Um, I'll, I'll share the screenshots of intraday, what I was looking at with the show notes. But this is kind of why I'm hammering that you should all, whoever is listening, all of you guys and, and girls um, should bookmark uh, on your trading platform, your, your brokerage, the volume of breath intraday as well as the advanced decline of breath intraday. Now for me, I follow uh, at the NYSC breath numbers and I'll share a link with you. Uh, but basically what that tells me and why I keep hammering on this is that while the equity markets were going higher, I noticed that the breath um, numbers looked pretty bad. The advanced declines on the NYC weren't that bad. They were like a nothing burger in the open. But from open to lunch, the volume of NYSC breath, up-down volume, looked horrid. It, it, it opened up high uh, at about, you know, similar to yesterday's pop into the close on, on Monday's pop. But Tuesday when it opened... The volume of breath just kept falling all morning, the whole session. And then as we got into the European close, it started to sell off. The volume started to go low. The volume of sellers started to steepen. And that's when at 11.35 New York time in the morning, you started to first see the ES or the S&P equivalent start to sell off. Then the NASDAQ, then the Russell, then the Dow. Um, so breath can give you a almost a barometric reading of the weather, which is the stock market, before prices start to actually move. You see, if you are a hedge fund or an institution and you put together a pool of all these trillions of dollars that need to find a home, if you look at breath and you study breath every day, it's harder for institutions to hide their intent. Yes, sure, they can still uh, leverage algos, they can still leverage dark pools and options to hide their intent, but it becomes harder and harder, and you get a leg up because you know you and I don't have the size problem that BlackRock and Goldman does. When they make moves, they have to commit a lot of money to certain areas of the market, and it's hard, harder for them to hide their intentions. And that is why I keep hammering on this breath, and, and I'll uh, show some of the charts on the show notes. Uh, you know, lunchtime, we just kind of bounced around. At 2 p.m., I sent a note on Substack Notes as well, 
looking at the uh, volume of breath as well as the empirical advanced declines of NYSC uh, for that breath, we were still kind of weak um, at 2 o'clock. And looking at the markets at 2 p.m. New York time, the Dow was down 173 points. The ES was down 12 points. The NASDAQ, or NQ, was down 31 points. The Russell was down 7 points. And, you know, I'm still very weary, right, because we're very oversold. And I'm thinking to myself here, all right, you know, NVIDIA is going to report on Wednesday. There has to be a rally attempt somewhere, right? Like, they have to try to mount a rally. It's been years of buy the dip, right? Buy the effing dip. Where are these buy the effing dippers? So I'm, like, thinking that it's going to maybe rally after 2 p.m. Maybe at 3 o'clock there will be a rally attempt. Usually it does the last hour of the day. Sure enough, 3 p.m., there was an attempt uh, to buy. Uh, so I was like, okay, prices are coming off the lows. Let's watch breath. Um, kept watching it at three. And you know what? It was still weak. It was going up now, the volume of breath and the actual advanced declines. But then in context of yesterday's close, which really was a big pop in volume to the upside, we were not seeing that. We were seeing a very feeble breath number for volume so i was like okay if that breath volume on the upside does not increase soon we may lose this rally attempt that was my Substack note uh warning uh in real time and i just kept watching the markets 330 sure enough that rally fizzled out we got as high as like 4412 on the es and then it just reversed uh it looked like it was trying uh, to mount an attack to the bull side, but it just gave up the ghost and we just started to sell off and we closed at the lows of the day for most of the indices. So uh, again, yields won. Yields are still very sticky, very high. Uh, and I keep saying this, uh, you know, this is a battle. We have to watch who's going to win the war, but yields have been winning these daily battles. Um, when I take a look at what was strong today, let's take a look. Uh, when you look at the different sectors of the market, okay, consumer cyclical was the top leading uh, sector. That's not good. Utilities, next leading sector. Real estate, next communication services. Who were the biggest red sectors? Financials, number one red. Not good. Energy, not great, but again, energy's been on a very big run, so it might just be pulling back to take a breather. The next red sector, consumer defensive. Okay. Healthcare, not much, like 0.23%. So I still feel like we're just kind of in a stalemate because prices haven't crashed, yields are still high. So I feel like the last few sessions are just kind of this uh, back-and-forth tennis match uh, or pickleball match between yields and risk assets. And I'm not sure if we're waiting for NVIDIA's earnings that come out after the close on Wednesday or if we're waiting for uh, Jackson Hole, which starts Thursday this week, um, looking at the economic calendar. And I'll post a screenshot of this uh, on Wednesday uh, in the morning, you have S&P uh, 
services PMI, as well as manufacturing PMI coming out at 945. And you have new home sales, which I'm eagerly anticipating that number um, tomorrow at 10 a.m. And then Wednesday after the close, you have NVIDIA earnings, which is going to be uh, a, a very big deal um, about the whole AI complex, right? Because the last thing you want, if you're bullish, is to see AI and crypto sell off because then you're losing uh, a big chunk of um, that bullish sentiment. On Thursday, uh, I know that uh, Jerome Powell speaks on Friday, but the interviews of Fed officials at Jackson Hole actually starts Thursday morning at 10 a.m. That'll probably broadcast all day on Bloomberg and CNBC. Um, but Thursday morning, before the open, you have initial jobless claims and durable good orders. So that's another key uh, data metric. And then on Friday is the main show, the main event, 10.05 a.m. New York time. Jerome Powell will be giving a speech at Jackson Hole uh, with all his uh, elite buddies. So that's really it for today. I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs with smaller equities, right? Um, I noticed that when you look at charts, like I know Extreme Networks, which was a spotlight stock that I covered uh, about a week and a half ago. Um, it sold off in the recent days. It, I think ho- the high was like around 32 33 $32.33. And then it sold off hard back to the 50-day moving average, which is about 27 And look at the chart. I'll post it. It, it stopped on a dime at the 50-day moving average. It's back testing it. This is all healthy, right? Like if you bought this stock on the breakout at like 16 or 9, you're doing fine, right? Uh, you want stocks to pull back healthily, pick up new buyers, and keep ascending. So um, you want to make sure that companies like Extreme Networks holds the 50-day. If you see Extreme Networks and other type of risk assets break the 50-day on volume, the game is over. That trade is done. Uh, curb your losses. Get out of that position and wait for another day. Right? Like you want to preserve your capital. Um, but taking a look, at, I'm not going to go through too many charts today because it's been like the same action every day. Um, it seems almost like Groundhog's Day. Um, but you have Apple well below the 50-day. It can't even mount an offensive to backtest the 50-day. That that's a problem. Um, when you take a look at Amazon, we're still above the 50-day. We tested it. We're holding it. Uh, same story with Google. Uh, Meta is under it. We are trying to test the 50-day, but we haven't gotten there. Uh, Microsoft, again, very weak under the 50-day. It's trying to get back to the 50-day, but it's struggling. NVIDIA, uh, it, it is above the 50-day. It tried to break out with all lifetime highs. But there's a, a pretty wide red candle. Uh, it's all going to be about forward guidance on AI for uh, tomorrow or, or Wednesday after the close, depending when you're listening to this. When you listen to their earnings report, you want to try to take note of their uh, chip sales for AI-related um, distribution, right? Because if they're going to partake, as they're saying, in the AI boom, you want to make sure that their sales are just flying off the shelves, uh, virtual sh- shelves here. And then Tesla is also 
well below the 50-day. It's trying to get there. The 50-day is like at 260. It closed at 233 today. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I will see you on the next podcast. And uh, thank you again for subscribing. If you haven't, go to nyugrad.substack.com. Uh, please subscribe. It is free. There is also a referral program where if you know someone that might find value in the podcast and the Substack, please email them the link. You get credit for any new subscribers to my Substack, and you can actually earn free comped months of premium uh, once I release the premium. Uh, so, uh, for example, if you refer one, uh, I think it was uh, up to 25 referrals. You get six months free. Um, the, the whole uh, referral program is available on the podcast, I mean on the Substack, and I'll share that link as well in the show notes. Uh, have a great day, and I'll see you on the next episode.